Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a February 21st Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. All-Star break, trade deadline, all of it happening right now in the NBA. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, writer for the AP at Times, and former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network which has all of the content that you need to be a great NBA fan. We have fantasy basketball. We have NBA pods. We have pods for every team. So be sure to check out all of those podcasts. Search for them on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, wherever you can get a podcast because uh, there, there's a lot of things happening in the league right now. Perhaps there are a lot of other perspectives that you want to get. Uh, from around the league, but I figured with all of the things that have gone on since I recorded last that we need to touch on them. And also, to be frank, I want to talk about these because I just I can't get enough right now. And I'm sure you're feeling the same way. So we are going to begin with the biggest news of the trade deadline thus far, and that was DeMarcus Cousins of the Sacramento Kings getting traded to the New Orleans Pelicans for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, Omri Caspi. Or Omri Caspi got sent to New Orleans, excuse me, but Tyreek Evans, Buddy Heald, a first-round pick. So that was pretty much the deal. Uh, and Langston Galloway, excuse me. So Langston Galloway, I like Langston Galloway. Uh if I were the Kings, I would like to keep Langston Galloway and try and move on from Tyreek because you don't want to go back into that. Uh, go back in and have those experiences again. I'm sure Tyreek doesn't want to have those experiences, but uh, th- that's just how I look at it from the, the Kings' perspective. I think they should probably keep Galloway. Obviously, the, Buddy Heald is the uh, crown jewel prospect of the trade because the, the future first that the – Kings will presumably get from New Orleans will not be uh, that high because New Orleans figures to make the playoffs at this point. And New Orleans gets, of course, DeMarcus Cousins. They also get Omri Caspi, a shooter who they could really use uh, to pair with that that tandem. Uh, so I I love that. Uh, addition to the deal, making that deal even better for New Orleans. And 
for what what was for me and a lot of people was kind of a, a coup de gras uh, of sorts. For those of you that may know Salt Bay, it was it was Del Demps just adding a little extra seasoning to the top of the trade, and that was that he managed to get a top three protection on the draft pick. So if in the event the Cousins and Davis pairing and all the things that they have, all the pieces that they have in place in New Orleans, if for some reason those th- those things do not work out, then they have the ultimate contingency plan and they could potentially still get the number the number one pick. So Sacramento is an extremely is in an extremely vulnerable situation given that even if things go badly and that getting rid of Cousins was the best thing that they could do for their franchise even if it even if that's the case they may not be able to reap the benefits of being able to take advantage of that first round pick and really uh own that deal but from everything that's been reported everything that's been discussed about this deal uh and I've you know gone to all the main sources, Woj, Zach Lowe, David Aldridge, all those guys. It, it seems like the market for Cousins was not very good. And the it seems like there was a lot of focus between both teams, so maybe they didn't canvas everyone uh, in, in order to get the deal done. And, and one of the things that put this deal into overdrive was – it's been reported that Vivek Ranadive, the owner of the Sacramento Kings, is just obsessed with Buddy Heald and thinks that, according to Baxter Holmes of ESPN, he, he quoted a source saying that Ranadive thinks Heald has Steph Curry potential and, and all this stuff. And the, the thing about it is, I will say this for Vivek, is that a year ago, that may not have been as controversial. Maybe not the Curry thing, but just that he's a top five talent, that he is a guy with star potential. The season so far has told us that that is, is not true and that he's pretty far off from, from, from getting to that point. He is shooting the three okay, 37%, but... Uh, he's still so young and he's 23 years old and depending on who you are, that can either be old or young, but I just, we haven't seen a whole lot from healed. I really had high hopes for him coming into this season as a guy that could help space the floor for Anthony Davis and a guy that could really take advantage of a, a really smart offensive coach in in Alvin Gentry and that they could get him working with stuff. And I, I haven't really seen it uh, all that much this season. So I don't think that healed is, is that good. So now that brings us back to this trade. Was that a good deal? Obviously, if you just take it in a vacuum, no, it's not a good deal. And the market is, is, is in play here. But that said, that that deal being the best deal that Sacramento had, even though Vladi Divac said that he had a better deal two weeks before, two days before, excuse me, that deal being the best deal and the deal that they ended up choosing is a reflection of what the league thought about Cousins. Now, this is another discussion point. 
because Portland probably fits in this category, and it's been reported that they have in the past. Teams didn't want to mess with DeMarcus Cousins. They just did not. And they didn't want to mess with DeMarcus Cousins because of how many bodies have been coaches, executives, and get chewed up and spit out by Cousins. At least this is the perception around the league. And Howard Beck, the national NBA writer from Bleach Report, uh, had a nice piece after the trade as well, kind of shedding light on why the teams, why other teams didn't pursue Cousins or why Sacramento didn't get as good of a deal as a player like Cousins demands on paper. And he was kind of taking the point that the the Kings are finally rid of those problems. However, we've seen this story. I mean, we have to know our history at some point. And this happens all the time. This is the quintessential NBA story because players drive the league. Teams are idiots. And guys get in bad situations that they can't control because they don't run the team. They don't pick who's around them. And Cousins, every story about Cousins, you know, there are a lot of of Cousins horror stories. I just don't see how all 20... The all 26, seven teams that didn't get in on this deal or didn't send an offer to the Kings can really say that they're in a place where they are good enough to not take a player of Cousins caliber. And this is almost, I, 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 I think to an extent, I think I, I, I agree that the Spurs and the you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder of years past were great models, but you can't assume that that just, you know, I, I understand that running sustainably is important, but this is also about talent, and, and there's no... It's all about amassing superstars at the end of the day, and if you want to convince yourself that you can create a Spursian model or a Thunder model, I mean, look at the Thunder. I understand that the Thunder uh, are a, a team that have have been referenced as like a really sustainable team, a really good team. They have one of the best players in the league. They just lost Kevin Durant. They're seventh, like, and is I guess is that what you want to shoot for? And and they traded for some young players, and they have some young guys that may be able to turn it around. But if I'm a team that that was out there like Boston or maybe even Portland, and and, and Portland has a lot of other uh, things that are hamstringing their assets that make a deal harder to execute. But I just don't understand it. At some point, I, I understand that a lot of people in the league know more about these cousin stories, and, and, and some of them have started to come out more, how he, you know, and, and all the things that he did, uh, you know, to reporters and, and fans. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's a head case. But the culture at, of, Sac- of Sacramento of incompetence, you know, has to, it takes two to tango. And so I don't understand how teams couldn't muster up a better deal than what New Orleans did. But I guess that was the the, the vibe around the league. Everyone is, is scared of Cousins. But uh, it, when you're not a team in a major market or a team 
or you're a team that has accumulated a lot of draft assets and are waiting to cash them in, Cousins is a guy that you cash them in for because say you're Portland, you can't get free agents to come here and would Cousins have worked out? Who knows? But maybe this kind of speaks to maybe there's a little bit of a level of job security that Neil Olshay has where he feels he doesn't have to make a deal like that, like, say, Dell Demps did for New Orleans, who's been reportedly on the hot seat for years so and has an owner who wants to win every year all the time, no matter what, and make the playoffs. And so maybe this is a reflection of a, of a different owner-executive dynamic that Olshay didn't feel like he had to make the pressure to to make a deal. Now, this is just me reading the tea leaves of Portland and a lot of other teams not making a deal. And there were several other teams that were rumored to have had interest. The Lakers were one. They apparently didn't want to get rid of Brandon Ingram. Uh, so there were a lot of things out there on the table, but the Kings uh, liking Buddy Heald is another thing. So there's a lot of factors here uh, when, when looking at the deal. I think part of it is executives – worried that taking too much of a risk would potentially come back and have unintended consequences on their job or or backfire and 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 a lot of these NBA front offices are filled with financial guys that all loathe risk i mean all of them hate having excess risk and you have to be okay with some risk but it appears that that the the cousins, all the things that he has done, probably just had too many check marks on the list. Uh, and you look at it from the perspective of GMs around the league, and I, you you understand it. But at the same time, for me, being somewhat of a basketball historian, I think this is how things get done. This is how teams move forward. This is how strong teams foundations are laid down for the most part building through the draft is important and building through the draft is crucial to making sure that the talent around your superstar talent continues to get better and evolve the spurs have done a great job of that the thunder have done a great job of that i would even say in years past the blazers have done a great job of that alan crab will barton cj mccollum all guys that were prospects and didn't play much for the first couple of years and ended up being good players. But you 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 have those guys but you you have those guys on teams that are already ready to go. Like that's part of the the drill is that you have guys in the front that are talented and you have guys in the back that are talented that you're restocking with the draft and that's how you keep it going. But you have to get a guy first and and the Pelicans knowing that Anthony Davis isn't enough to to make a run got another guy and 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 Portland you you could say has two guys in Lillard and McCollum but things have not gone the way you wanted so I think it's they need some help and you have to accumulate stars to win in this league and I think there are a lot of teams that ultimately may be kicking themselves for not doing this deal and there's a lot of risk involved sure but I would just, you got to give yourself a chance to see what happens. And 
this is very easy for me to say without having to worry about this being my job and and this having a record and this potentially getting me fired. But this is how the league goes. I mean, uh, I think Damon Stoudemire talked about it the other day on Kinzano that, you know, when the Grizzlies traded for Zach Randolph, Zach Randolph was on the outs. No one wanted him. No one wanted to deal with the personality issues. No one wanted to deal with the way he played and, and, and didn't really pass the ball ever. All these things that aren't really issues with Cousins. I think Cousins is actually a much more evolved basketball player than Zach was at this stage in his career. And and Memphis took a risk on him, and that changed the entire course of the Memphis franchise. The entire course of it. I mean, they had Mike Conley there. They had, uh, and, they, and they ended up getting lucky with Marcus Gasol, and Marcus Gasol has become a, a franchise player, and so has Conley. But without getting Randolph there, they don't change that culture and they don't start to win. And and I, I think at some point you have to try it on your own. And, and and I don't think it was a good deal for Cousins. I think a lot of teams, I mean, pretty much every team that could have been in the sweepstakes could have offered a better deal. Portland had three first-round picks if you wanted to uh, get in the action. But one of the things that probably could have held that deal up is Alan Crabb has basically a no-trade clause until July and Portland probably and I I am even okay with this probably didn't want to get rid of CJ McCollum and 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 I wouldn't want to get rid of CJ McCollum for for DeMarcus Cousins because McCollum is so so good and and getting Cousins with those two guards would be the thing that you're trying to to get together so if they didn't want to get rid of CJ McCollum I understand because the volatility of Cousins is a little risky, but it's 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 less risky if you give up a guy like Alan Crabb, who is a really solid player and a guy who can be a starter and a guy who I think when he starts is engaged on the defensive end where he hasn't been for a lot of the season. And I think if... if, if it, team gets him and convinces him to be a starter I think he could be a guy an asset that could get you something good in return I don't agree with the notion that a lot of people have brought to me that they need to unload a pick to get rid of crap the guy shoots 40 plus percent from three and anybody and he's a good defender when he's engaged and this season just hasn't been a season for him to do that and really show that off I thought he showed that off when Lillard was out but Crab is going to get something back. He's shooting 43% from three. He fits in the context of any modern offense in the NBA. So you can get something for Crab. And this, I mean, the, the buddy healed thing is like, yeah, but part of the problem is, is Portland couldn't make that deal because Crab has final say. And maybe they just didn't want to make that deal because the league is so down on cousins. But I think the league might be wrong. That's, that's where I'm, I'm leaning with this because I, okay. I'm not going to say that the league is wrong. I just think that they are too risk averse to understand the game that they're playing. And I understand that assets and everything and 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 all the and all of those things matter and you have to negotiate and everything. And 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 you, you don't want to give away picks and prospects and sacrifice the future, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the whole point of this thing is to build teams that win in the playoffs and eventually maybe one day can compete for a championship. And not everybody may have those business objectives and everyone wants to keep their job. So I, I get it. But 
I, I think the story here is maybe not so much the league is so down on Cousins because they're so smart and know much more than we do. I think they just are too risk-averse in this situation for their own good to not be able to part ways with the assets that New Orleans gave up to get Cousins. And if you can't find it in yourself to do that, I think it's too risk-averse. Granted, easy for me to say, but I think that it is just being too risk-averse. So, um, And maybe that can apply to the Blazers, but I think that really could apply to the whole league. Uh, and, and there's lots of other stuff going on. Sorry to go on on the Cousins trade for so long, but the Cousins trade was such a big deal, such a monstrous thing that happened. I wanted to talk about it, even though it didn't really... Um, well, it did affect the Blazers because I think Blazer fans have wanted maybe to take an eye uh, to take a look at Cousins, and Cousins was the most gettable star player that you could bring here to to pair. So I, I think it's definitely a very important story to discuss. And and Portland having Nurkic uh, also maybe that they may have just made their decision uh, a couple of weeks ago at center, but. From everything it sounds like, it sounds like uh, in the last couple of days over the All-Star break is when Sacramento started to really feel the pressure of trying to uh, deal Cousins and not want to pay him $200-plus million next or in this offseason, so in, in an extension. So other trade rumors going around the league. Uh, it sounds like Boston is is trying to use their, tre- their, their picks and their assets, the, the Brooklyn – the Brooklyn package and some young players like Jalen Brown or maybe Marcus Smart. There, there's been no room of, of, of offers on their part, but uh, obviously they're they're trying to get Jimmy Butler or Paul George. They want a star player, and and it seems like that is are the guys that they want. And the, absolutely good for good for them. Go for it. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it because Boston, as my buddy Sean Hyken and I like to call them, hoarders Boston. They just hold on to their picks and hold on to their picks and hold on to their picks and their prospects, and they really negotiate on every little single deal. And we uh, will see. All eyes are on them, and they have been for the last few transactional periods. Jimmy Butler, I think, would be uh, one that would be really interesting. I would like to see them do that deal. I think it makes the East a lot more interesting. And for the Bulls, it gets them more of a a rebuilding, fresh start if they can get those Brooklyn picks. So Paul George is also someone that they are looking at. But Chris Haynes did report that the Pacers are willing to part with a first-round pick in order to get talent around Paul George. I don't know if Portland could maybe get in on that or if they even want to get in on that and get a fourth first-round pick but or if they even have anybody. Well, I, they do have players that I'm sure Indiana would want, but uh, th- that that's another thing that's out there is that in- Indy is making picks available. Uh, Chicago uh, may be considering getting rid of Butler. They have said that they are not, but... Uh, if the right offer comes along and they get to hit the reset button for real, uh, they may have to look at that. And we talked about the potential Jalil Okafor trade uh, in the little brief two-minute thing before we had Kelly O'Coin on from Billions and and the Americans, uh, which was a great conversation. I think you should definitely check it out. Really interesting guy uh, and, and big Blazer fan. But the, the jaw trade... Portland didn't decided to not do the jaw trade. I think getting Nurkic is a better 
fit for them because while I think Ja is a better post scorer, a guy that you can dump the ball into, uh, I don't think playing that way is really the, the, the way that the Blazers should go. I don't think that they need more guys that hold on to the ball longer. And Okafor is a little slow-footed to me on the defensive end, and, and I think Nurkic uh, has a lot more potential on that end to, to make a difference. We will keep you posted on all the things that happen uh, within the next two days. The trade deadline is, is, is around the corner. It is on Thursday afternoon. It is Tuesday morning, so we will keep tabs on everything in the NBA trade rumor mill. It keeps churning. Twitter is extremely lit right now. I highly recommend getting on there and getting some, some Woj notifications. Uh, David Aldridge, Zach Lowe, all those guys that are going to be breaking all the news. Mark Stein. Uh, oh, one other note. Mark Stein did report the other day that Dallas is willing to take on contracts if they get draft compensation. Uh, maybe a landing spot for, for one of the guys on Portland's team that they're trying to unload because clearly uh, after unloading that future Plumley salary, I think they want to try and trim after seeing a, a core that didn't really work out the way they wanted and is, is very expensive. So maybe Dallas is a landing spot for, for, for one of the guys that Portland wants to unload uh, to, to dump salary. So we'll see. Lots of interesting stuff. Lots of big things in motion, it sounds like, but lots of little things. And Portland over the years has really jumped in on the little things. And I think they've already done their big deal. But, uh, hey, uh, anything can happen. Portland has three first-round picks. And, and lots of people are looking at them to, to perhaps make a big deal because they have all those picks. So we'll keep it. We'll keep you posted of what's going on. We'll take it and, and be locked in on, on this trade deadline. So keep it locked on Blazers. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, hit us up at lockedonblazers at gmail.com. And tell your friends, you know, if they're looking for some Blazers talk and want someone who who knows their stuff, come to me. I'll break it down. Uh, but I'm also a huge basketball fan as well, and all these goings on had to be addressed. NBA trade deadline is lit, and we will be back with more of the trade deadline before uh, we get started with games again later on in the week. Until then.